What have we learned in recent times about business continuity? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Anne-Marie Staley. She's the Director for Global Business Continuity Management with the NYSE Euronext. Anne-Marie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to talk with you again, but for those of our, in our audience that, that don't recall previous conversations, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your current work, please. Okay. Um, as you said, I am a director for Global Business Continuity Management, and I have been managing BCP for the New York Stock Exchange since 2002. Um, in addition to preparing for and responding to events directly in the United States, I participate in setting business continuity policy, recovery strategy, and the development of tools on a global basis. Now, it has been a while since we've spoken, Anne-Marie. In fact, I think it might have been the uh, H1N1 crisis when the last time we spoke, about two years. <laughs> yes, that, that has been a bit of a while. Well, give us some, some updates since then. What are some of the major incidents that we've all experienced that have affected business continuity since then? Well, there's been uh, quite a number of events, mostly involving inclement weather, such as, uh, you know, we've had the tornadoes in Joplin in May. Uh, in March, we had the Japan earthquake. And, of course, just recently, we had Hurricane Irene on the East Coast. And what would you say the impact of some of these incidents have been on the profession and how we look at business continuity? Well, they've certainly thrust a lot of us into the spotlight, um, I think in Joplin it illuminated the broad and devastating effects an event can have on an entire community and, and the need for the attention and preparedness at all levels of a community. Um, some of my peers uh, who work in diverse industries experienced supply chain issues as a result of the Japan earthquake and tsunami, uh, which throws into light uh, the, the criticality of having a robust and geographically dispersed uh, supply chain. Um, Hurricane Irene highlighted the effects of uh, wind damage, flooding, and the resulting power outage uh, in a number of areas along the East Coast, while some other areas in the same region were left relatively unscathed. Uh, in New York, it's actually brought about a discussion of redrawing the flood zone areas uh, as flooding was experienced in a lot of areas, in a lot of areas that weren't expecting it. Um, prolonged rain also didn't help that because uh, it impacted a number of rivers that had not crested their banks in decades, uh, causing uh, a lot of unexpected damage there too. Of course, wind damage took down a lot of the old trees that we had and the power lines along with them. Um, and in fact, for my company at the New York Stock Exchange, in that week, we actually had a track, uh, hat trick of events. So on that Monday, we'd experienced what turned out luckily to be a minor systems issue on the trading floor, which did not impact trading uh, and narrowly missed the exchange being able to uh, open on time. In the end, everything was resolved before the opening bell. But then on that Tuesday, New York experienced the effects of the Virginia-centered earthquake, which, pardon the pun, was quite a shock for many people and rattled a lot of nerves here. Wednesday, of course, we started preparing for that weekend's bout with Hurricane Irene, and we went into overdrive, ensuring that the markets would be able to open as usual on that following Monday. So all of these incidents really did help to validate our profession and the need for business continuity and disaster recovery, because they, were, they, they gave us an opportunity to find out in real time what some of the issues and gaps were 
which that we had inevitably put off addressing. I mean, what some of management thought was really earthquake procedures for New York City. <laughs> hmm. uh, but now, uh, after all of these events, and hopefully we've all emerged intact, BC planners everywhere are pointing to these incidents and being listened to just a little bit more closely. So planners everywhere have to harness that traction while we still have a C-level management attention. Now, you mentioned before the terms business continuity and disaster recovery. Now, that seems to be a shorthand in our profession because we always refer to them together. And yet I understand you have a theory That's that right. business continuity and disaster recovery are often confused with one another. What's the fundamental issue that you have here? Well, I think that um, growing out of the technological growth beginning in the 70s, you know, disaster recovery was here first. A face during a crisis um, grew outside of systems, business continuity began to grow up to the point that BCM, business continuity management, is now the umbrella under which disaster recovery and crisis management sits. But companies still feel that since disaster recovery and systems infrastructure is where they invest most of their monies, that that is what they have to protect the most. Now, I strongly disagree with that one-sided approach because without people to run those machines, it's all moot. I mean, staff and their well-being are vitally important to any organization in being able to bounce back or even reconstitute the business after an incident. Uh, the way to safeguard those assets are very different indeed, and I believe you get a larger return on investment looking after your staff and their well-being. Emery, help me out just a little bit here and show me how these recent incidents that we've experienced have really brought this difference between business continuity and disaster recovery to the fore. Well, as, as I said, um, if you don't have the people uh, who are prepared personally as well as professionally, um, there's going to be no one to run your systems. I mean, if you have, uh, if your systems are underwater, uh, you're out of business. But if you have employees who have the intellectual ca uh, capital to help you reconstitute elsewhere, that's invaluable. Okay, this is something I'd like to hear more about because you're talking about employees' needs having to be met. And that's not employees necessarily in the workplace. It could be employees that are experiencing something at home. So I'd like to hear more about this. Well, yes, I think that staff, are, you know, any business is number one asset. I mean, if your staff feels that you genuinely care about their well-being, then they'll care about your business. You know, if your staff is well prepared beforehand and know what the expectations are before an event, such as a you know, something like a hurricane or a pandemic, which you can see coming down the pike, and have time to prepare for themselves, you know, things such as go bags, their own family communication plan, their own points of assembly in case uh, they're separated, then they're psychologically better prepared to handle the disruption when it happens. If a company empowers their employees to put their action into plan whenever they need to and ensure their family's safety, then they'll be better prepared to come to, to work after an event as opposed to them trying to muddle through what's going on and, and being in a fearful mode all the time. Um, in fact, with the Hurricane Irene, uh, the exchange was very proactive beforehand. We sent email and lots of communication with them and encouraged the staff to prepare their own emergency plans, identify where they would meet, how they'd communicate, and we provided a lot of information with data that's already out there. So we sent web links to governmental and state sites and links to resources that help them to to prepare the go bags and, and get the essential supplies. And we heard a lot of positive feedback from staff that they felt that we actually cared about them uh, and wanted them to, to be prepared. You anticipated my question. I wanted to ask you exactly how you had done. 
Now, what needs to happen within business continuity and disaster recovery groups so that, one, we can have this distinction between what is business continuity and what is disaster recovery and how we can ensure that employees' needs are being met as well and not just the organization's? Well, the employees' needs are the organization's needs. <laughs> right. Um, that, that's a little bit harder, uh, that question. Um, and I, I think we, we need to, uh, as business continuity planners, have tried to do, break down those silos. Um, the tech group IT side is always very, very um, protective of what they do and how they do it, and they know how to do it. And, and uh, BC planners have to make them understand, we understand that you are the subject matter expert. Uh, but we do have to marry these plans uh, better together because during an event you find that they do run on parallel lines. Uh, you know, one group is getting the people out and making sure the facilities are okay while the others uh, are knee-deep in changing out servers and tapes and backing up. Um, so certainly we do have to have more discussion to find out how we can marry these two uh, uh, spokes of the same hub <laughs> uh, better. Um, one of the things that both sides need to do, and I don't mean to make it today, I'm like two sides, but make sure that they have people built into their plans, not just recovery teams, but also complete staff uh, call lists uh, for each department. Um, a company has to understand how will HR or, or a smaller employer account for the safety of their staff. I mean, how do you communicate with your recovery teams? Think about uh, alternate methods such as texts, email, hotlines, and nowadays even social media. Uh, but the one thing to do is to make sure all of your employees are aware that those methods are available to them. Now, you made an important point a few minutes back saying that this is the time. This is now when business continuity and disaster recovery professionals have got management's attention here. So if you could boil it down, what would you say the steps are that organizations need to take today to, one, assess themselves and then to be able to take action so that they are prepared properly the next time we face an incident? Well, given what we've been talking about um, and the recent uptick in weather-related incidents, I would say that organizations, uh, small, medium, and large, need to perform a threat assessment for their organization now to get a handle on what incidents might impact them. You know, are you in a flood zone? Are you near a river or the coast? Does your area periodically experience tornadoes or snowstorms, that sort of thing? They should take into account anything that might affect their region. Um, additionally, provide local and federal resources for your employees through an awareness campaign, email, email or brochures, and urge them to create a plan for themselves. Uh, review and update your business continuity plans, of course, and where possible, exercise, communicate, and exercise some more. Hey, Marie, as always, I appreciate your time and your insights. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Tom. We've been talking about business continuity and disaster recovery. We've been talking with Anne-Marie Staley, the Director of Global Business Continuity Management with NYSE Euronext. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.